Hey, Amplify You family, Michelle Abraham here. Today, I want to tell you about my friend Evans Putman I've got on the show today. He is one awesome guy that I actually randomly met in a Facebook group. We instantly hit it off about all of the things we love about making a podcast that make a difference in the world. He's got a podcast called the Infinite Impact Podcast, which I was a guest on. And we talk about how he used to work for a very, very successful podcast in the real estate space. Um, and he was the marketing guy that was responsible for half a million dollars in sales revenue that came directly from the podcast. So this episode has a ton of amazing nuggets. Make sure you tune in and listen to this one. Talk to you soon. And this is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it. You're a coach, author, speaker, and you're looking for the best return on your time and investment. We're giving you full access to how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your pod. We're brother and sister. Join our family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure. Let's get amplified. Hello, Amplify You family. I'm Michelle Abraham, and I am back. Uh, today with a special guest, Evans Putman. Evan and I connected online and I'm really excited to have Evans here. He is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to marketing your podcast. He's been very successful in marketing some great podcasts out there and I want to just pick his brain and find out all these great things that he has up and he's going to have a special guest for you at the end. So make sure you tune in and listen to the end of the show. So Evans, thanks for having, thanks for, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to come here and hang with us. Sure. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in. So Evans, talk, let's talk about your like entry into the podcasting world. How did that all begin and what were you doing before podcasting? Okay, sure. Um, well, I was actually, an, I've been in online businesses now for close to 20 years. But moving forward, because we don't want to go back that far, right before the uh, before I started working in podcasting, I was really focused on content marketing. Mm -hmm. So that was my specialty. I was a freelancer. I did a lot of copywriting. I did a lot of content strategy and um, anything that had to do with content marketing, inbound marketing, that's what I was doing. And move forward a few segments past that. When I started with the podcast, um, I was actually approached by someone who needed help with the content, with writing show notes, writing blog posts, just coming up with this and also coming up with a strategy to grow their podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so the podcast itself was called Real Estate Rockstars with Pat Hyben, something I had a familiarity with. I was actually a real estate agent and investor on the side as well. Um, very, very small, small, small segment of what I did because most of my stuff was online, but I knew the, I knew the audience, I knew the, the industry. And so I came on and joined them as, you know, at first just to do some writing. And I said, you know, let me take it. What are your pain points? What's going on here? Are you stuck? Are you seeing growth? Where's the podcast at? Just started bombarding him with a few questions. And it turned out that he ended up wanting me to come up with an overall growth strategy to grow the podcast. So we sort of moved beyond just doing a few blog posts and show notes to actually going on and creating a strategy to grow his podcast. That's awesome. And so this, let's, let's figure a timeline. This was a few years ago in the podcasting yes. space? Yeah. So, and then yes. how long had the podcast been up for at that point? I believe he'd been up for um, less than a year and he'd done pretty well so far. I mean, at one, he'd actually reached one month where he had gotten up to 33,000 downloads. That's great. Um, but the majority of the time, that was the high point. The majority of the time he fluctuated anywhere from 8,000 a month to 12,000 and maybe up to 16. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of fluctuated in that little range between like eight and 12,000 a month. Um, and that's when I came along and he was just getting frustrated. He was like, you know, I'm putting my heart and soul in this. I'm getting great content. And he did. He had great guests and the podcasts were full of value. Mm -hmm. And there were, it wasn't fluff. He actually had a saying, he's like, okay, if the, if the guests sort of veered off a little mm -hmm. bit, he'd be like, you know, let's get just some meat and potatoes here, share okay. some, share some gold nuggets. And yeah. so he'd get right back into the value. So it was a great podcast, great content. He was just frustrated because he just had hit 
you know, a brick wall and wasn't going anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a common thing that we are hearing amongst other podcasters that, you know, you get that first initial momentum going and organic growth. That's great. You know, our content marketing is going well, repurposing everything, getting out there on social platforms, we're growing those. And then what? It's kind of like that, that, okay, we've done all that and we're doing all that. So what else can we do to, to grow? So what was your next steps with him? Well, I actually, it was funny because this was the first time I'd worked with a podcast. So I came at it from a content marketing sort of viewpoint. That was what I was looking at through my glasses, even though I didn't wear glasses back then like I do now. Um, And I just started looking at it and thinking, okay, if this was a website that I wanted to get, you know, more people to view it, what would I do if this was, so I just took that content marketing approach and we got very proactive. So we put together a three, three pronged plan. And the first step was just to go out and figure out where his ideal listeners were. You know, where are these, this was a podcast geared towards real estate agents. So where online are real estate agents hanging out? We didn't want them to just have to find us. I mean, you said it perfectly when you you said that initial (laughs) organic bump, because People come and they find you on, he'd gotten, he'd moved up the ranks in iTunes. He had done everything he needed to do initially, but once that sort of wave ended, people weren't finding him anymore. And he didn't want to count on people finding him. He wanted to take his podcast and sort of stick it right in front of their face and say, here I am, listen. Yeah, that's that's a good little nugget right there. I want to repeat what you just said because that's a perfect okay. nugget right there. Instead of letting people come and find you, we really need to put our podcast in front of their faces. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> I just wanted to yes, just exactly. reiterate that little thought right there because it was, you know, um, I think that's really important because we need to change the way we're thinking. Instead, said, how come they're not finding us? Well, it's because we're not being proactive and going out there and putting our show in front of their faces. Yes. And proactive is the key word. You need to be proactive. You need to be very clear on who your ideal listener is. You know, you just don't, you never know if people are just finding you, they could be anybody. Mm-hmm. And having a huge a show with say, you know, 20,000, 30,000 listeners is really not that impressive. If only 500 of those people are actual listeners who may be customers And that was what we were looking at too down the road is we wanted to monetize the podcast. So we wanted to find what I like to call listener hyphen customers. These were our ideal people. Where do they hang out there? We wanted real estate agents who were career driven, who were educational driven, who liked to learn and like to grow their um, business because those were the type of guests he brought on that taught those kind of things. And on, Farther down the road, we had ideas about creating courses to also teach. So being proactive, figuring out exactly where your ideal audience is, but don't go crazy. We picked out four spots, um, four main areas, and we went there. And what we did was we would take a podcast. We would write, instead of just the show notes, we would take like some snippets out, a good um, title that had a good curiosity hook to it that pull people in then maybe two or three sentences and then we embedded the podcast mm-hmm. in the actual content so there wasn't a link that said click here to go listen to the podcast that would take them away they just listened directly on that page for example and, was that on a um, website then yes and i'll give one of the two places that are general, you know, two of them were, we use Inman.com, which is real estate related and active rain. All agents are on those two, pla- those two places, but we also use LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. We wrote articles on LinkedIn because that was really good for our avatar, our ideal listener and also medium.com. So, and that's a great blog just to go create free content. You can create a blog, but the thing that's nice about medium is people put in their interests so if you have a podcast, you tell them what your podcast is about, what your content is going to be about on Medium, and Medium will actually go out and find the people for you and start putting your content in front of them. That's awesome. But and that can anyone a have a Medium account? Is that free? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. And it's great. Like I said, instead of starting 
Um, we actually, we did have a WordPress site, so we also put our blog there. But what I like to tell podcasters now is if you don't have that, if you just want to get going quickly, mm-hmm. it's easier to get on Medium and LinkedIn and mm-hmm. have people have that, have the platforms put the content in front of the right people right. for you proactively because they know what people are looking for rather than hoping that you can work the SEO and finally, you know, four or five years later, you rank really high on your WordPress site. So if you want immediate impact, Medium is much more, uh, it's faster than just doing a WordPress site. Okay, awesome. And so on LinkedIn, were you then posting into LinkedIn groups with real estate agents in a group or were you posting on your on his page? We actually just did, we used the publishing tool. So it was almost like you, it was, they give you like, you can write articles for LinkedIn and they show up and you create just a whole portfolio of articles. And then we would take those and then share them into his profile or into groups. Oh, that's a smart way of doing it. Okay, that's great. Awesome. Good. Two good nuggets, guys. LinkedIn and Medium. So I'm definitely going to have to look into the Medium one. That's great. And I love the publisher tool too. Yes. And letting you know too, for those of you that are a little tech phobic, I mean, I went in and it, LinkedIn and Medium both are very easy to embed your podcasts. I mean, I think, I think Medium, if I remember correctly, all it took was just basically posting the URL and they did the work for you. Perfect. So just go in and look at those platforms and they'll tell you very clearly, this is how you embed something. And it's not hard because I'm not tech. I'm not the tech person at all. And I was doing all this myself at the time. So if I can figure it out, anybody can figure it out. Awesome. Those are two great ones for sure. So I, you know, I don't know if you've heard, I'm sure you have heard recently how Google is now indexing podcasts. How do you think that we can kind of take advantage of that as podcasters, like within when we're creating the podcasts? Well, I think you definitely, this, this sort of throws a little twist in it because, you know, we weren't really focused on the SEO side of things, mm-hmm. um, except for we did write, our articles did write keyword focused articles, but I would really be clear on your descriptions, mm-hmm. your podcast episodes, just descriptions, make sure you're thinking of it from a content marketing perspective, go pull up some articles on how to write keyword focused articles, mm-hmm. pull up um, people like Neil Patel, go check out Neil Patel and learn a little bit about keywords and SEO because you're going to want to work those into your titles and into your descriptions because I think that's really going to give you a big boost here coming up. So it's going to be helpful for sure that Google's doing that. That's awesome. And should you focus on like one or two keywords per episode or do you focus on like the overall like general category of your show? Like for example, if they're um, talking about business and they're a business coach and they're interviewing other uh, business people, would you focus on the particular topic of that episode or would you focus more on business keywords in general? I would focus on the episode because I want, you want people who are interested in that, that episode to know what they're getting when they come there. But what you can do is, and I'll just give you a little background, what I used to do when mm-hmm. I wrote a lot of SEO articles, because now I see, and I'm glad you're bringing this up because I actually haven't thought mm-hmm. about this perspective yet because Google just announced this. So this yeah, <laughs> just this week. <laughs> but, um, but yes, what I used to do is I would take, a main keyword, one main keyword for each article. So you do the same for the blog post. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the podcast, I'm sorry, for the description. So if it's, let's just say it's on, um, you know, I don't know, taxes or best business tips or something like that for entrepreneurs. That's what the podcast is about. Five great tips for entrepreneurs. You could write the main keyword as five or best business tips, so best business tips for entrepreneurs, and then make that the main keyword. Then think of ways that you can um, say the same thing, but differently, like best practices for entrepreneurs. And so maybe do a couple of secondary keywords and then some bigger, broader, like category type keywords like you were just discussing. So that way you're hitting everything when it comes to the SEO, you're hitting the exact topic, you're hitting some secondary longer tail keywords and you're hitting the broader keywords as well. That's great. Awesome. Thank you. So um, I'll, tell you a tip. I'll tell you a trick real fast. Okay. I just thought of this. If you go in Google search mm-hmm. and you put in, you know, um, best practices for entrepreneurs, 
Google will actually auto suggest additional additional keyword phrases. So pull some of those. Just let Google tell you what to put in your description and in your titles. That's awesome. I used to tell people to do that um, in Amazon when they were looking for um, when they were book writing or like creating their book. Um, and then Amazon will pull up all the different categories or different different types of products within that name in there. So I never thought about doing that in Google and Amazon, I guess would work as well for podcasting too. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I think Amazon, I think that's a great tip. I think that would be awesome. If you combine those two, then you don't need to really, I mean, those are probably two of the biggest search engines. Here, <laughs> Amazon is a different kind, but it, like you said, it's a great place to find keywords. That's right. Yeah, it's awesome. So now when you uh, help the, um, the real estate podcast get in front of other people, what was then, what was something else, uh, what was your guys thought well, when they come to the show, how are you um, then leading them through that process of then getting their email address? Well, what we did, we did not, um, well, to get the email addresses, what we did was we actually came up with a way to over deliver on the back end. We didn't just give away a free PDF. We didn't just give away, come get this, you know, watch this free video. We actually put together a members area. Mm. Within that members area, we had multiple items. So we had, I think at one point, up to like 200 and something items. Mm. And these were things that we actually got from our guests mm -hmm. and some that we created ourselves. So it didn't take a lot of work and it wasn't real hard. But what was nice about it was that was something that people just went crazy over. Mm. They loved it. They would, we would run into, we were at an event once and we ran into some people that listened to the podcast and they recognized Pat, the host, and they came up to me and they were talking and they would tell us like how much they loved that free members area that they were just crazy about it because there was so much in it. And by doing that, when it came time to sell them something later, mm -hmm. we were already showing them we are over delivering this much on free value. So their expectations were that no matter what the price was of what we were selling them, that the value, the ROI would be sky high. So we never had price objections. Right. But what, and what we did just to give everybody a tip too, to work it in nice and smooth. We mentioned it at the end, you know, we didn't just constantly interrupt the flow of the podcast. We just mentioned it in the end and we would say, Hey, this is here. Go get it. Um, and we also did texting, which is a great tip for your audience mm. to text the text, the word toolbox to, I think it was four, 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 nine, nine, nine. So, if you go text that now, you'll probably get an opt-in. The toolbox, all right. <laughs> I know, I've heard it so much, and I've, I've written so much about it. But, um, but yeah, the texting service worked really well because people were already on their phones. So right. we found that that was, once we introduced the texting to get an opt-in, we saw the numbers start to go up a little faster. So I would definitely recommend that. But work, whatever you do, work it in smoothly you know, towards the end, you can even mention it. We, and another tip is too, is we would actually read reviews in the beginning of the podcast and say, Hey, here's a review from one of our toolbox members that said they loved this and this, and they got, this was a great item from one of our guests. So we would always give praise to our guests too, as well. And that way, when we introduced it at the beginning with some social proof behind it, people could immediately jump in and grab it too. But we tried to do, we tried to be as least disruptive as possible during the show. Great idea. I love that. Those are three humongous nuggets right there too, guys. So listening, uh, again, just to recap that. So that was over deliver on your, don't be cheap. Don't, don't just do a PDF. That's like boring and nobody wants that anymore, really. Um, so do something good and over deliver on it. So something really uh, worthy of their email address and their time and attention. So that's really great membership site, like a uh, bundle, a course, uh, you know, time with you. Uh, one of our podcasters, Emily, that's what she said it when she offers time with her, that's like the best thing. Yes. Uh, her audience just goes crazy over that. Um, and then so over delivering on the free opt-in plus the texting thing, which is a great idea. I love the texting thing and then reading reviews at the beginning of the podcast. So now you're kind of sandwiching the idea of the, members area and opting in what they're going to get you tell them about it at the beginning then they're like oh what's this toolbox thing they're thinking about it through the episode and then you tell them how to get it at the end i think that's brilliant 
Yes, it, and it worked really well. And one other tip, I, I just learned this yesterday, but I thought this was awesome because it was a discussion on another podcast about the difference between leads and opt-ins. And opt-ins are a dime a dozen because if you do just go with something like, oh, here's a free PDF, mm-hmm. you're going to get so many people that are just going to, oh, yeah, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get it. But one of the biggest keys is, is to have whatever your lead magnet is, like the membership site, if you're doing like a done, you know, some time with you or whatever it is, have it lead to the next step. So you want it connected to whatever you're selling on the back end. That way, you know that the people are opting in to get something. They become a lead because they're interested in this subject matter or whatever it is you're teaching back here. So you know that they're going to be a better lead on the back end. So I hope that, I don't know if that's clear or not, but that's the way it it made so much sense. When I heard that, I was like, that is amazing to know that. So, and I think that worked well for us because we called it the agent success toolbox. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do this on purpose, but now that I look back at it, you know, we were, bringing in agents who wanted one success, they enjoyed learning and they believed in investing in themselves to grow their career. Mm -hmm. So on the back end, we actually sold courses that were sales training for agents. Mm -hmm. So we were almost bringing them into the toolbox and sort of qualifying them before Mm -hmm. they ever reached the end. And it was just something that we did just, out of sheer luck, but now I look back on it, I was like, oh, that was sort of brilliant in a lucky, lucky, lucky way. (laughs) That was a good strategy. And I wonder, you know, sometimes too, you get people into those membership sites. Was there a way that you guys were able to engage with them or how long until you offered a program or service? Because I think that's the thing, you get someone hot in there and then, you know, if they're like me where they opt in for so many different things all the time, sometimes you forget to go back and like actually look at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we actually had two, two things that we did that, you know, once again, these were things that we just were sort of like, Hey, I've got this idea and we tried them. And that's one thing I want to say, tell people to go with your gut. When you have an idea, just go with it because these weren't things that we knew were going to work. We just, you know, and there were things we did that didn't work. You know, not everything was a home run. Some things were just flops, but if you have something and you feel it and you're like, I think that's a good idea, then just try it. Um, so with the members area, what we did initially, we didn't really have anything on the back end and we came back from an event and we were like, okay, we need to do something because we have built this really good list and we've got people coming to us telling us how much they love this thing. So how are we going to monetize it? So we started introducing our courses immediately at that point. So we would have them opt in. And then immediately after they opted into the members area, they were given the opportunity to go to another step and purchase a lower priced item. And if they purchase that, they got an opportunity to pick um, purchase a larger priced item. And then if they purchase that, we immediately triggered to have someone call them or email them immediately and talk about sending them to a higher priced item. Because the thing you want to do is, Um, when people are buying, if they're in that hyperactive buying mode, you want to go on and give them the opportunity to continue buying. Mm -hmm. So if you have something, try it. And it really works well once you get to a certain price point to jump on the phone Mm. and call them and say, Hey, you know, we've got this other thing that would work perfectly. If you want it now, you can get it this fast, fast action bonus price of this. So it was really nice once we introduced that sort of funnel to this Mm -hmm. attached it to the lead magnet, because one, we were able to tell who was a buyer and who was a lead. So as soon as they bought just the the lower price thing, they got funneled into a specific little bucket where we emailed them. If they bought both of them, they got put into another bucket. And one thing we found was once we did that, that about 80% of our revenue was coming from that toolbox opt-in either immediately or as we nurtured them, as they got in there and saw how much value was in there, they always came back and bought and they purchased um, when they bought their average cart value was higher than anybody else's as well. Wow. And That's really good to know. One of, and the one other thing we did, this is a good tip for everybody out there because this is another benefit of a membership of adding more content all the time to it is like you said, you forget 
that you've opted into something, you may forget to go back and check. And we actually sent emails every two weeks to remind them, hey, there's something new and here's what's new in your toolbox area. So one, it kept us top of mind, but it also trained all our prospects and leads to open their emails. Mm -hmm. We got above average open rates on our emails because they were expecting an email and they would see it. And then when we sent them an email with a buying opportunity, it performed much better than our other emails. Wow, that's a great, great strategy is like once you have someone opting into your lead magnet to give them more, like keep adding things to it. So it gives you that opportunity to email them. That's smart. Such a great strategy. I like the idea of that because then you're always, like you said, top of mind. And so they're going to be opening your emails and I know there's only a few, like hundreds of emails in a day and there's only a few that I open. (laughs) I know I'm the same way. Exactly. That's why. And if they know, it's almost like you're, it's like, Ooh, what are we getting this week? Yeah. So they would get it. And there's like, Oh, there's this cool new video on, um, you know, how to work with for sale by owners, or there's this awesome new, you know, template that I can use to put together my listing presentations. And I mean, all this cool stuff that was, it wasn't cost intensive for us mm-hmm. because our guests were nice enough to give us the majority of the items. And we promised them like, we're not going to ever sell this stuff. It's just something that we want to give our audience. And they, they love doing it. I mean, they, it was almost like they, I think 90 something percent of them always said yes immediately. Oh, I'd love to give them something. Now, were they able to then capture an email address from it or what was their incentive of doing it just to showcase their knowledge or? A little of both. I mean, I think it's funny because I think real estate agents like to showcase their knowledge. (laughs) But, um, also they, we gave them the opportunity to brand it, to put links on them if they had. And a lot of the agents that we had on the show also had come up with, you know, they found out they had an expertise in doing something really well. And so they capitalized on it and they would create like a mini course or maybe they put together an ebook and they would sell it to other agents. So we gave them the opportunity. If you want to put your link on it and your other links, that's fine. And we'll be glad to. And we also, once we got the funnel built out, we actually would allow them, we would put together affiliate links in the toolbox area too with them. So, and in the show notes and everywhere else in the promotional, because we had our guests promote as well with emails, which is another way we grew. We actually created swipe emails to give to our guests. So all they had to do is plug in their name and then send it out to their list. Um, but we gave them the affiliate opportunities as well. Once, once we started getting a little more, um, in tune with what we were doing with the strategy, we did that. So, but they, I mean, I honestly, I think they liked it just because for one reason we were reaching at this point after eight months of being there, we went from, you know, that eight to 10,000 downloads a month to averaging 150,000 plus downloads. It was big. I mean, we grew fast yeah. and um, I think they enjoyed just being on the show because it had such mm. a large audience and we were able to actually attract people like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara mm. Kokorin and Grant Cardone. So we had big names and then we had people that you would recognize on TV. And then we had, you know, just, Joe Smith from down the road in Tucson, Arizona, that was great at selling REO houses. Mm. So it was a really cool mix of people, but I think they just really enjoyed it. I mean, they were really more giving than worried about, you know, am I going to make affiliate commissions from this? I think they just liked helping because they'd reached such a good point in their career. They were contribution focused. Mm, That's great. Love those people. <laughs> Contributions. Yes. That's so awesome. They were great. I mean, I have to say our guests were amazing. We had amazing guests. I, I can't think of the whole time I was there. I can't think of anybody that wasn't like just the nicest, most, you know, serving, serve yeah. first attitude yeah. person that was on our show. So it was awesome. That's great. You guys are obviously attracting great people. So a question I always think about, I always am curious about this were the episodes with the big names, was there really that big of a difference in downloads than like the average Joe from down the street who's really good at doing something? Um, I'm glad you asked that because this is something I don't know. I don't even know if we discussed this before, but I've discussed this with somebody else. <laughs> and um, there, here's the thing is that our largest audiences, the biggest downloads were not from the biggest names. The, 
the ones that got the biggest download amounts were people that had amazing stories. Mm -hmm. So it goes to almost everything you hear in marketing, you know, tell a story, share your story. And these people had, they were just, they were just regular agents, but they just had an amazing, like one of them, I remember had lost everything during the, the downturn and was working on an oil rig and was actually reading the host, Pat. He was reading his book every day or listening to it on audio tape every day on the way to an oil rig to work, you know, do all this work. And then he had built and um, come back and was now like this coach and one of the best agents in Alabama and, you know, had built this amazing career. So it was stories like that where people had lost everything or anything that was story related really did well. Oh, that's so interesting. I always wondered about that with the big names, the big name guests. It's like, you know, cause people see them on lots of different podcasts. So it's like, is this the same as another interview with this person or, you know, uh, they I right. think relate really well to people that are kind of similar that, you know, are not, are not the out of reach celebrity that they, you know, the average show that has a cool story. That's interesting. Right. And we didn't, I mean, we didn't really go out and try to attract, yeah. you know, some of these people that I think it was just once you see a certain growth, they will have their assistants reach out and we're like, do you want to do this and put them on? The, and it's always good. I would say that if they do match up with your mission and with your podcast, definitely bring them on because their circle of influence is so mm-hmm. wide that you're yeah. going to spread out your circle of influence. Yeah. And but, it usually just starts um, with one interview with one of them. Right. <laughs> and then you yes, start getting yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it, but it, but it's great. And here's another tip that I heard from somebody else too. I don't remember who this was, but the marketer actually said, if you can get guests on your show who have similar audiences that you're trying to reach, and these people that are on your show say they have a podcast or something like that, that they've already trained their audience to take action, to opt into their list or to do things or to buy from them. And so their audience is sort of used to that messaging. Those are the kind of guests you want to bring on because then you expand your audience to people that are already sort of trained to take action with a podcast. So that was a tip I heard that I was like, I need to remember that one. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, I already trained to take action. I like that. That's a really good tip. Oh, awesome. And so many good nuggets. Jeez, this is great. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen and take notes myself after this. So now you're starting a new podcast. I hope I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> and yes. uh, you're starting right from scratch, which is exciting. Do you want to talk to us about your podcast and what it's all going to be all about? Sure. Actually, I am starting a new podcast that's going to be, um, I guess I'll go on and just drop the name now because it'll probably be out and live by the time this goes live, but it's going to be called Infinite Impact Radio. And basically it is, I'm taking anybody, they don't have to be entrepreneurs. I just work with a lot of entrepreneurs and know a lot of entrepreneurs, but anybody who has had sort of a life-changing experience in their life, and then decided that they wanted to make a mission out of that and build a business out of that, that has a purpose that serves others that fulfills that mission. So I've already got some good people lined up. Um, somebody I'm talking to now actually will be on this. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Like tell everybody. Yes, we'll already have, you will be one of my first guests, which is awesome, but I've got, I think I've so far I've got about five or six guests lined up, some really great guests that have great stories. And that's one of my things is I want it to be very story driven because I want it to inspire listeners who are listening to think, okay, I can go out and I've always wanted to do this. And it doesn't matter how big or small it is, but I can take it out and make an impact on the world. And that's what the whole sort of thought process is infinite impact. You know, what you do is going to impact your circle around you, what you provide them. But when you change their lives, they're going to go do something and they're going to do something. So it creates that infinite ripple effect. That's awesome. And I'm excited about it. Yeah. And having that as a podcast too, that just amplifies the, that effect, I think even quicker, which is very cool. I'm excited for you and I'm excited to hear the podcast because I think it's you know right up our alley with all the shows that we work with too are all based on you know missions and service so that people are out there and changing the world doing amazing things so so many cool people out there right now and uh, so now right. this podcast a few years later than the real estate podcast 
what are some things that you're going to do to market your podcast? Well, one, I'm because it is similar as in guest driven, I'm going to make sure that I serve the guests as easily as well as I can and make it as easy for them to promote it as well. Um, so we'll do that. We'll also do a lot of social media stuff. And the thing with social media that I try to do, and this is what we did with our podcast is to sort of systematize it mm. and make it template based so that it's something I can just hand over to somebody and say, we're going to do the same thing every, for every episode each time. So it's not going to be, Hey, let's just go post this here. Let's post. We're going to create audiograms, quote cards, everything will be a template. So you just plug and play and get it out there quickly and easily. Yeah. Um, so I think the more, you can push it out to people, the better. Mm -hmm. So it'll definitely be doing that. And then we'll also be putting it on uh, video as well as audio. Awesome. That's so great. Are there anything? But I'll be following. I'll be following. This. I know what worked before. So yeah. I'm going to do that same thing. Because if I can have the same kind of success that Pat had, right. even half of that, I'll be very happy. So, um, and I know a lot of it came because he served his guests. Mm -hmm. and really put the guests out front. It was about the guests, not about him and his podcast. So right. that's really where I'm going to come from as well too. That's awesome. And do you think, you know, cause the podcast industry has changed a little bit in the last few years. Do you think there's going to be um, any changes in the way you're doing things? I mean, it sounds like it's not everything you're doing, everything you were doing with Pat show, this sounds like so um, genuine and um, organic and like real authentic and I think that's probably why it was so successful too because you had you guys had that heart in it and it was service-based and stuff I'm just wondering about the po the, the podcasting um, uh, industry as a whole now is changing a little bit there's more shows out there so is that still gonna work do you think for um, you know going up the ranks and getting a show the momentum and the success that it needs um, as far as now that there's more shows out there. Yeah. Well, I think that's when you have to be more proactive. Like we go back to what we discussed in the beginning, you have to be proactive. You can't just mm -hmm. count on, um, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to make it to the top 10 or the top 50. You want to go out and find the people. And that's the thing too. If you know your ideal listener, yeah. go find them and get it in front of them. Yeah. Um, so I think that if you still do that, you can still have an edge on everybody else because, 90 something percent of people are just putting it out there and hoping that they're going to come to them. So if you take the initiative and be proactive, you're going to be ahead of everybody else. Yeah. So, and I think too, what's going to happen, you're going to see is maybe the big numbers may not be there for everybody. And like I said, mm -hmm. I don't think the big numbers matter as much. It matters more that you get the right kind of numbers, the mm -hmm. right listeners, you know, especially if you plan on building a tribe and monetizing it, on the back end, you know, get the right people mm -hmm. and be proactive and get in front of them. And I think you'll be fine. Yeah. I totally believe that too. It's not about the numbers. <laughs> Although the numbers are awesome. We did um, one strategy that I want to share with our audience too, that just happened to one of our clients this week. She launched a parenting podcast, which was amazing. And one of the strategies we kind of came up with was to do a contest when you launch. And so she put a contest out there of a $500 giveaway of cash um, for anyone who went and reviewed her show, took a screenshot of it and then posted on social media underneath her post here to enter the contest. She had 134 entries and her podcast was ranked number one over the weekend in iTunes. So that was that really, is great. really cool. Yeah. Um, I've seen, we've seen it with other clients do this as well. It just hasn't been as, as crazy of a, like number one on iTunes as quickly as this, but this was a really short period of time. She, I think she did it for four or five days and, uh, it is very niche because it's in the parenting space <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yes. that was a really cool strategy that just worked just this week. So it's super neat. That's perfect. That's a great example. And I think what's great about that is people, most people would come, come at it thinking, okay, I need to spend $500 on Facebook ads. Right. But the way she did it was like, take that $500 and give it to somebody because then it was all about social proof. Mm -hmm. People connect, you know, people are going to connect more with those reviews and especially when they get shared on social media and see that their friend reviewed it or this. And, and I mean, it's almost like word of mouth in any business. Mm -hmm. It's going to be much more powerful than just saying, okay, you know, here's $500 to put in Facebook, you know, Hey, here's a new podcast. Go listen to it. This is what it's about. 
So I think that's a great strategy. Yeah. So we were super excited. I might, to, to, I, I might have to swipe that for my podcast. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. So thank you, Robin, for that one. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and glad uh, you got that much success. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was proactive. Proactive yeah, approach, you know. We've seen other clients do similar and get over a hundred reviews as well. So, um, yeah, it's just it's, for reviews. I mean, that's so great to get out 130 new reviews on a podcast that's got four or five episodes um, to date. That's yeah, amazing. Because yeah. um, yeah. you know, we go out there on podcasts that have been around for a long time. We have a few, so. Um, you know, I think that was a really good, that was a really good strategy. I like, we're going to keep that one. <laughs> I wish I would have known that one. Cause we, that was one that we asked for reviews, but we never ran a contest of income and we struggled to get a lot of reviews. The reviews we got were awesome. Right. But, um, but yes, I think that little extra incentive that I wish we would have known that way back when <laughs> I was doing this a couple of years ago. I don't know how much weight in like the iTunes like ranking system the reviews really have. I probably none really, but it's just nice to see that there's so many reviews out there. Like yeah. I, I remember seeing, I think Rachel Hollis's podcast uh, the other day I was looking has over 3000 reviews. So there's gotta be some wow. reason that she's way up there in the rankings. Yeah. A lot of reviews. Yeah, I'm sure, it, I'm sure they weigh it somehow and the, yeah. their secretive algorithm. And that's the other thing too, is that we were like, okay, we were, Pat was constantly asking me, you know, like, well, let's find out how, what Apple looks for, you know, what it's like, well, they don't tell you, you know, so we can either guess yeah, or we can go and like put some energy behind it and do it or figure it out, you know, sort of pummel everybody over the head to listen to our podcast. Yeah. So there's different ways, different approaches. Definitely. And I think that's a really, really good point. I just want to reiterate is that, you know, Apple does not tell us how to, <laughs> like what they're looking for. Right. We are, you know, as much as everyone is a good marketer or, uh, you know, or a bad marketer, it doesn't really matter. We still have the same information is that we don't know. And so we're going into the dark. So I think the strategy that you guys took was brilliant because you went with the heart, the service, the over-delivering, the energy into sh putting your show everywhere and look how well that, that performed. And I think just, uh, you know, instead of trying to game the system and trying to game iTunes and try to figure out their algorithms and stuff, just don't waste your energy doing that. We'll put it into over delivering and having good value in your show. I think it's way more important. Yes. And that's one thing that I worry a little bit about with Google and their announcement is I think people are going to be thinking the same thing. Like, well, let's just figure out this keyword thing, yeah. you know, but, remember how hard it is to rank mm -hmm. for keywords now. And if you're not in the top three to five, then you might as well not even be out there because people aren't, you know, their attention spans are not going to look past the, the top five. Um, right. even you know, if you're you lucky. Podcast, you got to have a podcast now because they're going to be ranking higher than websites. Yes. yes. And so I would definitely say be smart about your keywords, but don't forget to still be proactive about going out there and putting it out in front of people mm -hmm. too. So make sure you, you know, go for the two pronged approach, but I would put 70% of my effort or more towards being proactive and then the other in the keyword area. Yeah. And I did read an article that was announcing um, Google's changes and um, they were saying that they're going to have the keyword uh, police out there. <laughs> so they're going to be knowing if yeah. you're gaming it and you're trying to S stuff yeah. the keywords in there. Like remember <laughs> when everyone used to stuff the keywords in the title of their show, right? Or put all the people like big name guests you've interviewed to get higher ranked uh, in the search of iTunes, uh, they're going to be looking out for that and they'll penalize you. <laughs> uh, if you do that. So, yeah. Now is Google, I'll ask you, you may know this, is Google going to focus a little bit more on having their podcast platform a little, you know, building it up a little bit more. Cause I know when we were on Google, mm -hmm. I don't remember what the actual name was, but we had our podcast. You could get it through Google, but it didn't, that was one of the lowest audiences we had because I don't think Google put a lot of effort pushing it. But now that they're doing this, I see them building their platform. So here's something to think about. One of the biggest SEO factors is time on page. Mm. Like how much time people like, do they come to your blog and they actually read it or do they read the first two lines and bounce away. If they stay on there longer, you get ranked higher. So to me, that tells me that maybe Google, if you put value in your podcast content, mm. Google will find a way to know how long people are listening to podcasts. Mm. 
when it's especially if it's on their platform, they'll be able to track that. Okay, people listen to 90% of this podcast mm-hmm. and only 5% of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So this one's going to get ranked higher. So I would say make sure that you're really focusing on value in your content as well moving forward, which hopefully everybody's doing anyway, yeah. but really make sure that people have a reason to listen. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe even a hook at the beginning too, to keep them listening or to keep them in there. Right. And I love that. Maybe the reviews thing is a great idea at the beginning too, gives them interested in, 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 you know, engaged right away. I don't know about, I know Google, I know Google is now um, taking people and helping them start their podcast, like 40 people. They've got a few, few um, classes of those uh, have gone through now. But, you know, as a non-Apple, or so as an, a complete Apple user between cell phone and computer and everything, I have a really hard time finding Google Podcasts on, or finding anything on Google Play. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss with Google Podcasts. I hope they, I hope they make some changes and make it more user-friendly for non, non, non-Android users because I find yeah. them really tricky to use. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking is that if they're putting this kind of effort behind it and announcing all this, then they've probably got other things in mind as well. I wouldn't put it past them at all. Yeah. Oh, the changes in the podcast industry, craziness, so many things happening. I I mean, I actually just read this recently. I don't know the exact numbers, but um, I was writing a chapter. I just wrote a a chapter for November um, on podcast monetization. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to look up some research. And I was looking and the podcast growth is amazing. I mean, we might think that, well, you know, it's getting saturated. Everybody's got a podcast, but listenership for people in the U S just keeps growing and growing and growing. So there's still a large segment of people out there that aren't, you know, aren't listening. So I think now is the time. And I think Google must know that too. They've probably been watching these trends. They know that there is still a lot of room for growth. Right. So, you know, just focusing on the right things now is the time to really push forward. And I think you're going to see big benefits. Definitely. And I just saw this morning, Conan O'Brien got a seven figure monetization deal uh for his podcast oh my gosh this is like setting all new standards (laughs) it's craziness so i'd like someone to give me a seven figure podcast advance too that'd be nice (laughs) (laughs) we'll focus on delivering value and good content and we'll get there yes (laughs) awesome and now uh evans you have a course coming up too can we talk about that i mean let people know about that course that's coming up Sure. Um, it is called the um, Million Dollar Podcast Blueprint. And the reason I call it that is because with our podcast, the one big benefit that we got out of it was that we made after monetizing before I left the business to go out on my own, we had made over half a million dollars from the podcast from not from outside ads or anything like that from our own um, services and products on the back end. So that's what I want entrepreneurs to really understand that there's a, there's a way, what I like to say in my chapter, I said, you know, we need to get out of the branding mindset and into the monetization mindset. Mm -hmm. Now branding is important and your message is important, but don't forget that as an entrepreneur, unless you've, this is just a total labor of love and you got a lot of free time as an entrepreneur, you need to make money so you can serve yeah. more of the people that you want to serve. So um, that's what it's about. It's about growing. It takes everybody through the growth stage and it basically walks you through the exact roadmap that we did with our podcast. So you go through the momentum stage, which is what took us to that 150,000 plus downloads a month. And then you go through, I explained the marketing section on how to capture leads, how to cultivate leads into customers And then finally, the monetization section, which tells you how to use a specific kind of funnel to quickly identify your best buyers and then to ascend those buyers to your higher offers. And then I've got a ton of bonuses in there as well from everything from storytelling, which I found was very important, as we discussed Mm -hmm. earlier, to um, storytelling, to how to build great content from scratch, to how to get your dream 100 guests so how to reach out and attract the right guests for your show so it's got a lot of cool stuff in it 
Awesome. I'm excited. I'm releasing it here pretty soon. So, um, and one thing I'm giving everybody too, but for your listeners, if they want to in the show notes and um, the show notes below or wherever you yeah, keep your show notes, <laughs> we'll have a link there to it. And they'll actually, just by going there, they can get a free case study video showing how we grew to 150,000 plus listeners in only eight months per mm-hmm. month. Um, and the thing that I did with this case study video is it's not just the strategy. It's actually got the tactics in it too. So if you're a listener and you go download that, you'll be able to watch it and say, okay, here's boom, boom, boom. Three things I can take right now and follow this same direction and start growing my podcast listenership really quickly. So I wanted to over deliver a little bit, not just throw out a bunch of numbers. I wanted to just say, Hey, take this, use it, start growing your podcast. Cause that's the foundation of everything you're going to do past mm-hmm. there. Wow. That's so great. Well, guys, make sure you look out for the links down below uh, for that. That case study is worth oh, waiting gold. Oh my goodness. Like just listening to yes. that, that's going to help you so much getting over that initial spike in your, uh, once you've launched that initial wave of uh, organic growth. Now we got to focus on the specific and strategic growth and uh, monetizing it. So Evans, thank you so, so much for being here today. You've given us so many great nuggets. Like I said, I'm going to rewind back and take my notes myself. Got some great things to uh, implement here. So thank you uh, for coming on the show and I hope to bring you back again sometime and I'm looking forward to taking your course. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate everybody. I'm glad I could uh, offer some value and serve everybody on your podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to share your message with the world, head over to mypodcastcoach.com to download your free podcast launch plan. And head over to iTunes to like, subscribe, and review so we can spread this message. Until next time, Be your own unique genius.